name of Jesus, O oh God. Yeah, Father, speak to me, O oh God. Father, speak to us, O oh God. Yeah, Father, speak to me, O oh God. Father, speak to us, O oh God. Yeah, grant us understanding of your word, O oh God. May your word come forth, O oh God, in simplicity yet in power. Yeah, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, bringing every heart, every mind in the name of Jesus under the subjection of your power. Father, I mess myself in the blood of Jesus. I mess everyone that is going to join us this hour. Yeah, Father, in the name of Jesus, that your spirit will take over. In the name of Jesus, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for bringing us once more to a time in His Word. We do it the same time every Tuesday, uh, UK time, half 12 to half 1, and US is half uh, 7 to half 8. And it's a wonderful time of um, sharing the word of God in a very simple fashion and to allow the spirit of the Lord to teach us his word. Amen. Like I said at the beginning of this series, today is our fifth day of the series. Uh, like I said from the beginning, um, the idea of this session is for us to come to a place of understanding what faith is all about. Because many a times when we talk about faith, we see it as an abstract concept something that it's in people's hearts and people's mind and we cannot really relate to it and it becomes very difficult for us to walk in faith because we do not understand what faith is about amen and so by the grace of god we have talked about the definition of faith on the basis of hebrews chapter 11 we said that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen amen and on that verse in that verse we established the fact that faith is a substance and so if faith is a substance, we talked about the properties and the compositions of faith. Amen. And we define how faith can be measured. Amen. And that was in the verse 1. In the verse 2, it says, By faith, the elders obtained good report. Amen. And we understood the fact that faith leaves a legacy, the legacy of faith. We understand that the things that we can leave behind for the generation after us to pick over, it's going to be the things that have been written of us by our faith. And so your faith writes something about you and you cannot change it when you are past and gone. But now that we are alive, we can change what our faith is writing about us. Amen. And then we moved on to the verse 3. And we understood the fact that it says by faith, we understand that the wells were framed by the word of God. And the things that we do see did not come from the things that we see. Amen. And from that, we understood the fact that faith enables understanding. We said that faith does not exist in a vacuum. Uh, and knowledge has to come, then faith follows. Because the Bible says that uh, faith comes by hearing and by the hearing of the word of God. And so you don't believe something because you don't know, but you believe something because you know. Amen. And then we moved on to the verse 4, which was our, last, uh, our lesson last week. And we said that uh, we read in uh, um, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4, which of course we're going to read again. But our lesson for last week was faith is sacrificial. Faith is sacrificial. I told you that last week's lesson was meant to be in two parts. We finished with lesson 4a or our uh, teaching um, um, uh, 4a. We're going to move on to 4b, which is still based on the verse 4 of Hebrews chapter 11. Amen. And so we are all welcome those that are joining uh, directly uh, uh, through the prayer line. 
the conference call and those that are joining directly from Facebook Live. Amen. Stay with me. I don't want you to uh, feel like um, you are left out. I want you to feel included. You can text in some comments. You can text in some questions and we can address them. Amen. I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is going to um, teach us His Word in all simplicity. I'm not a teacher. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. I'm just a tool. Amen. And so I'm very humbled uh, for God to use me as a tool for this generation to teach some fundamental things about the Word of God. Amen. If for any reason you don't get me or you can't hear me, let me know. And let's stay tuned in. Let's share the link along shade so somebody else let other people appreciate what God is teaching us through His Word. Faith Made Simple series. Amen. Today we're going to move on to our lesson for today, which is Lesson 4B, continuation from the verse 4 of Hebrews 11. And it's entitled, Faith is Key to Excellence. Faith is key to excellence. Amen. And so we're going to go to our scripture, our key scripture for um, this lesson, which is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Hebrews 11, verse 4. And I'm reading from the King James Version. Let's hear the reading of God's word. It says, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. And then it says, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Amen. That's the reading of God's word. And let's appreciate what this scripture is about. And last week we established the fact that faith is sacrificial. When you opt to go the faith way, when you choose to go the faith way, it means that any other option ought to be sacrificed. Amen. And we established the fact that Abel sacrificed even at the point of death, it cost his life. That was the extent to which his faith let him go. Amen. So faith is all sacrifice. And we also made reference to Abraham who was willing to sacrifice the son because of his faith. Amen. And so that was last week's lesson. This week, we're going to move on to faith is the key to excellence. So we're going back to the original reading. It says, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. Other versions will say acceptable sacrifice. But most versions say this. It says a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Amen. So it means that because of the faith of Abel, who was able to walk in excellence, whatever he did unto God at that instance, in the form of the sacrifice, in the form of the offering, he did it in an excellent spirit and he presented it in an excellent manner. Amen. And so the Bible says that by faith, his offering and sacrifice was excellent. So it means that faith is a key to excellence. If we want to walk in excellence in any area of our lives, we need to be able to walk in faith. Because when we walk in faith, then we are able to walk in excellence. Amen. And so Bible says that by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. It says, and he obtained witness that he was righteous. And then it says, God testified of his gifts. So it means that the testimony that he received of his gift was because he operated with faith. And because of the faith that he had, was able to work in a kind of a gift or show a kind of a gift or offer a kind of a sacrifice that was able to draw the attention of God. And even God himself testified that his gift was excellent. Amen. And the Bible says this, that by faith and, and, and even when he died, the gift was speaking on his behalf. Amen. And so I want you to stay with me. We're going to go through some series of scriptures, but I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is going to teach us his word in clarity. Amen. 
Now, from the verse that we just read, we're going to take note of, of certain principles which we're going to build on as we go on. We establish the fact that faith is the key to excellence. And so from Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4, we're going to raise some principles. Last week, we talked about faith being sacrificial. This week, faith is the key to excellence. Now, let's appreciate this. Abel exhibited excellence because he had faith. Abel was able to show excellence because he had faith. Because the Bible says that he offered unto God more excellent sacrifice. So the exhibition of his excellence in gifting, the exhibition of its excellence in offering and sacrifice was rooted on his faith or in his faith. Amen. God requires of us excellence in every area of our lives. God requires of us excellence in every area of our lives. It could be our ministry. It could be our office. It could be our giftings. It, be, it could be our financial life. It could be our marriage life. It could be our family life. Every aspect of our lives, God requires of us excellence. Because Cain could not offer excellence and, and so God did not accept it. So it means that God is accepting of our excellent deeds and sacrifice and our giftings. And that is what God wants us to do. And we can only walk in this excellence that we are talking about when we allow faith to walk in us. Amen. And so Abel was able to offer excellence because he had faith. Amen. Now let's also appreciate this. God deserves an excellent gift. If God has blessed you with a ministry, if God has blessed you with a gift, if God has blessed you with a wife or a husband or children, God expects and God deserves an excellent gift. And so we ought to give unto him our giftings and our ministry in a form of an excellent form. Amen. And so God deserves excellent gift. God deserves excellent offerings. God deserves excellent sacrifices from us. And that was exactly what Abel did. Abel gave unto God an excellent gift. Abel gave unto God an excellent offering. Abel gave unto God an excellent sacrifice. And so God deserves excellence. And so excellence. And so if you are doing anything in the house of God, in the body of Christ, in your family, bear in mind that God deserves that excellence. And so you are giving excellence unto him. Amen. That is what the word says. Now, let's build on gradually. Let's see what God has for us. We are talking about the subject, faith is the key to excellence on the basis of Hebrews 11 verse 4. Let's appreciate this. Abel's gift was attested and proven to be excellent by God. So it means that the gift that Abel gave was testified by God as being excellent. It was proven by God as being excellent. That's what it means. It means that when we get bowled up into this culture of comparing our giftings and our ministries with others, it means that it's going to be very difficult for us to work in excellence. Because you compare Sister B and Brother A, and you compare two people, you compare two pastors, and what you can see is that he got a bigger audience, he's got a bigger ministry, he stands in front of bigger congregation, and so his ministry is excellent. It is not in the comparison of our gifts that we achieve excellence. Is in comparison to the standards of God. And so the Bible says that the gift of Abel was credited and as certified as being excellent, not because it was compared with the giftings of men, or not because people had proven it to be excellent, but God testified of his gift. 
Amen. And so we want to move away from the culture of comparing what we have with other people. And if ours is bigger, it means we are working in excellence. That's what, what, it, what it's about. Excellence is against the standards of God. Amen. Now let's also appreciate this. Right from the scripture that we read, Hebrews 11 verse 4. The impact of your excellent gift. The impact of your excellent gift offering ministry, marriage, profession, or life. The impact that it makes after you have gone is a measure of the excellence. I'll say it again. The impact of the excellence of your gift, your marriage or your ministry or profession is what it leaves behind after you have gone. Amen. And so you see people starting ministries and it dies off when they are dead. You see people starting businesses and it dies off after a short while when they are not around to monitor the business, then it dies off. And so the excellence of your business, the excellence in your profession, the excellence in your marriage, the excellence in your ministry, the excellence in your office and your gift is measured against the impact that you make after you are gone. Amen. And so the Bible says that because uh, Abel's gifting was excellent, the Bible says that he kept on speaking when he was dead. Amen. And so the degree of the excellence of your gift is not based on what people perceive of it, but it's based uh, uh, on, on God's standard. And it's also measured against the impact that you leave behind when you are gone. Amen. And so when we are talking about excellent gifting and we are talking about the fact that faith is the key to excellence, I want us to think about a kind of a ministry, a kind of a gift that will impact the lives of people and still speak on when we are gone. Amen. That's the kind of excellence that we are talking about. Okay. Now let's appreciate this also. Your gift or offering, very important note. Take note of this. Your gift, your ministry, or your offering says a lot about you than the person you are giving the gift to. I repeat that. Your gift and your offering says a lot about you than the person you are giving to. And so, the gift that Abel presented unto God, going back to the scripture, it says that God accepted Abel and his offering. It means that God was seeing the quality and what the offering was saying about Abel before he even accepted the offering. Amen. And so the gift that you give unto someone, if you give somebody a, a, a not so much a good gift or a small gift, a, a, an ugly gift or not an appreciative gift, what it's saying of you is what the gift is saying. It's not saying of the person you give unto it is an interpretation of your own life. That is you. And so your gift defines you. And so the Bible says that the gift that Abel gave, gave unto God, God saw and accepted Abel and then accepted the gift. So your gift and your offering talks a lot about you than the person you are given to. So in your mind, you think that, oh, this person is nobody, so I just give him that. That person is not respected, is not known, and so I give him that. That person is so young, and so I give him that. It is not saying anything about the person, but it's saying everything about you, the person that is giving the gift. And so when they offered unto God, God was not looking at the gift. And God, of course, is God. Nothing changes him. He has access to all wisdom, all resources, all treasures in the heavens and on earth. And so it doesn't say anything about God. But what is said about Cain made Cain not to be accepted and his offering to be accepted. 
Amen. So now at this point, I'll ask a reflective question. What do your gifts say about you? What does your gift say about you? Or what do your gifts say about you? That's a very deep question. Because what your gifts say about you is what makes the gift to be accepted and makes you most importantly, first of all, to be accepted. Amen. And so whenever we come to the presence of God, uh, whether offering time, whether it's service time, or whether you have to service uh, or preach or minister, whatever thing you are doing, keep in mind, that a gift that you are giving unto the people talks about you. The exhibition of your gift and the service that you are giving unto the people tells volumes about you, not just about the church, not about the people that are hearing uh, or receiving those gifts. Amen. God bless us. Now let's build on. We are still in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. We have not moved yet. So all these principles were extracted from that verse. So stay with me. Now another thing that I want us to appreciate is that Your gift or your offering or your ministry has seen and unseen witnesses. So what you are giving unto God, whether in gift or kind or offering or ministry or service, whatever you are giving, remember that you got people that are watching. Some of them you can see and some you cannot see. And so your gift is being looked at and witnessed and watched by people that you can see and people that you do not see. Amen. So now let's appreciate this. It means that whatever you give in the form of your gift, whatever you give give in the form of your offering, whatever you give in the form of your ministry, whatever you give in the context of your family life and your marriage, is being watched, is being graded, is being scrutinized, and it's being recorded by seen and unseen witnesses. Amen. Sometimes the seen witnesses, we can deceive them. Because as long as we keep it out of their sight, they cannot see them. But the strange thing and the, the, the most important thing and, and the thing that we have to think about is the unseen witnesses. Amen. And so those unseen witnesses are watching. They are scrutinizing our actions. They are scrutinizing our gifts and our offerings. And they are grading our offerings. And they are recording our offerings. Amen. Because in the same way, the Bible says that Abel's offering was being witnessed. Was being witnessed. Amen. And so let's move on and let's see what God has for us. Now talking about the unseen and seen witnesses. I want us to just build on that uh, quickly and see where God uh, takes us. Because if you know that you are being looked at and watched and graded and scrutinized by unseen witnesses, it means that we have to strive for excellence. We need to portray ourselves in the best possible way. Not because we are pretending, because the unseen witnesses, you can't pretend. They see you even in your closet. Amen. And so the things that you do in your closet concerning your ministry, your gifting, your family life, and your marriage, everything that you do is being seen by these witnesses. Amen. And so let's look at Hebrews chapter um, 12 verse 11. Now that's our next uh, uh, second scripture that we are making reference to. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 11, uh, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Hebrews 12 verse 1. Amen. Let's appreciate the reading of God's word. Hebrews 12 verse 1. King James Version. It says, Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight 
and the sin which doeth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That's the reading of God's word. Now let's appreciate this. To the scripture again, it says we've been surrounded by great a cloud of witnesses. In this case, it's not just talking about physical witnesses, but in this context, it's talking about also unseen witnesses. Amen. And so the running of the race is the exhibition of your faith. The running of the race is your acts of faith and your life of faith. And it says that your life of faith and your acts of faith is being washed by a lot of crowd, unseen but great witnesses. They are looking at us. Now let's appreciate this. Talking about the unseen witnesses, we are talking about hosts of angels. We are talking about the spirit of death and saints. We are talking about spiritual entities. We are even talking about witnesses from the the kingdom of the enemy. And so we are being watched everything that we do. And so we have to seek for excellence through faith. Amen. Now let's appreciate this. The scripture makes it very clear that there could be some hindrances to excellence. We cannot excel and raise and exhibit and show those acts of faith if these hindrances are in our way. And so he makes mention of two things, sin and weights. The hindrances to excelling in your race, the hindrances to excelling in your walk with God, the hindrances to excelling in your ministry, in your marriage life, in your financial life are two, according to this scripture. It says sin and then weights. Amen. Sin, as we know, is the breaking of law. Sin is the breaking of law. But weights are the things which are not necessarily the breaking of law or of a law, but it is something that occupies the time and the energy that was meant to be given unto God. And so the more you indulge yourself in, you become easily prone into falling into proper sin. Amen. And so there are weights, there are, are, are things that occupy us, there are things that occupy the time and the, and, the, and the thinking time and the resources that were meant to be given unto God. They are weights. And so the Bible says that sin and weights. Amen. It means that the weights will take your time and so you are not able to invest in excellence. And also sin also does something, which of course we're going to talk about it into, into depth. But sin brings about contamination and corruption in your excellence. Amen. Now let's appreciate this. However, in the context of this scripture, after saying the setbacks to excellence, also make mentions of a catalyst or something that speeds up the process of excellence in your life. It is very ironic in the sense that the Bible talks about patience. Patience looks like it's a waste of time. But as a matter of fact, Patience is a catalyst unto excellence. It speeds up your process into excellence. And so going back to the scripture again, it says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So one of the catalysts needed to excel in your race, needed to excel in everything that you do, in your offering, in your giftings, in your ministry, in your financial life, in your profession, is the element of patience. So even though patience looks like a waste of time, it is something that speeds the process of excellence in your life. So let's appreciate this. 
excellence is birth out of patience. So that's what it means. You just got married. You just started a business. You just had a new job. Things are not panning out the way you want it. Your ministry is not shaping up the way you want it. You want to excel. You want to make progress. But the Bible says, according to the scripture, that run with patience. It means that allow yourself to grow and to come to a place of excellence. You don't rush the process of excellence. You grow into the process of excellence. And so it says that run with patience the race that is set before us. Amen. So in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1, they make mention of three things. The unseen witnesses who are watching and grading and scrutinizing and recording our acts of faith. That's one. And the second thing is the hindrances to excellence. And then the third thing is one catalyst or something that speeds up the process of excellence, which is patience. Amen. So patience is what gives birth to excellence. Excellence is birth out of patience. Amen. God bless us. Now let's stay together. Amen. Now what we're going to do now is going to go back to the original context, the original scripture, which Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 makes mention of. That is uh, Genesis chapter 4. And we're going to read the verse 7. And I want us to take note on uh, take note of certain words. Okay. I'm reading from the King James Version, Genesis chapter 4, verse 7. Stay with me. It says this. If thou doest well, take note of that word. Doest well. Two words. Shall thou not be accepted? That's the second word. Okay. Now the next one is, if thou doest not well, then it goes on and it says, sin lies at the door. Take note of that. Sin at the door. And then the last bit it says, and unto thee shall be his desire, that thou shalt rule over him. That thou shalt rule over him. Amen. Let's appreciate this. Going back to the, uh, the, the scripture again. God, after the offering that the people gave, the two brothers gave, Abel and Cain, God said, uh, proud to this verse, that the countenance of, of Cain was falling and he was rough. He was very, really angry. And God came to him with a question. So God posed a question. That is what I call the question that leads onto excellence. Everybody should be able to come to a place of asking themselves this question. It says, if you have done well, Amen. Somebody who strives to walk in excellence is always asking himself this question. Have I done well? Is there any way I can improve? God says that Cain, instead of being angry, I want you to be reflective and ask yourself this question. Have I done well? Am I doing well in my ministry? Am I doing well with my gift? Am I doing well with my sacrifices? Am I doing well with my marriage life? Am I doing well with my family life? Ask yourself that question. Because it's, it's, it's a question that provokes you into excellence. And so the Bible says this. If that doest well. And so God asked Abel that question. One. Two. It says this. If that did well, you would have been accepted. If that doest well, shall thou not be accepted? It means that for us to be accepted comes excellence. Amen. 
many a times we are we want to be accepted we want to be endorsed we want people to appreciate us we want a bigger ministries to give us our platforms we want the bigger roles we want the promotion at work we want increases and pay rises we want all of this but we are not ready to pay the price for excellence and so god was teaching Cain that before you get into the place of acceptance you need to come with excellence it says if you have done well if you have worked in excellence like your brother you would have been accepted amen now let's also appreciate this and it says if that doeth not well if you are not able to work in excellence and work in mediocrity or just anything goes there's something that happens it says sin lies at your door do you know why because when you are not working in excellence you become envious of other people you see people making progress and you are envious because you are not willing and ready to walk by faith into excellence and say, God, I want to excel in my ministry. I want to excel in my profession. I want to excel in my financial life. I want to excel in my Christian work. If you are not ready to do that, then sin will start at your door for sure because you are going to be envious. You are going to be jealous. You are going to be wrath. You are going to be angry. Amen. Let's also appreciate this. And the Bible says that the desire of the sin is to able to rule over you. But God was expecting Cain to rule over that sin that stands at the door. Now let's appreciate this. So God came with a question unto Cain. That was the first bit. Now let's appreciate this. God has an expectation or God had an expectation of Cain. He says, Cain, I was expecting you to do well. I was expecting you to walk in excellence like your brother. I have an expectation of you. Why? Because it was in the power of Cain to desire for excellence. It was within his power. You could have decided that God, I'm going to give you my best. I'm going to be a belief in you and then give my best unto you. I want to give you reverence and respect and then give my best unto you. It was within his power to to show excellence or to desire for excellence. Rather, Cain opted for mediocrity. That is to say, anything goes, this is just enough, this is what I can do. But uh, instead of going for excellence, he opted for mediocrity. Amen. I pray that we will not opt for mediocrity, but able to walk in excellence by faith. Amen. Now let's build gradually on the verse that we just read, Genesis chapter 4 verse 7. Let's see what God has for us. Now listen to this. Excellence attracts acceptance. It's not the other way around. I'll say it again. Excellence attracts acceptance. If you want to be accepted, then you should be desirous or desiring of the fact that I want to be excellent in what I do. You don't seek for acceptance and then want to prove a point. But you, you just prove a point by working in excellence and then you attract acceptance. Amen. Now let's also appreciate this. It also means that excellence is a condition for acceptance. Amen. There are always conditions for things. If you want to work in acceptance, be ready to work in excellence. Because excellence is a condition for acceptance. Amen. Now let's appreciate this. 
Don't be offended when you are not accepted. Do not be offended when you are not accepted. Cain was offended. That was what God was trying to tell him. Don't be offended when you are not accepted. If you are not willing to excel, if you are not willing to excel in life, if you are not willing to excel in your work with God, if you are not willing to excel in your singing ministry, in your intercessory ministry, in your apostolic ministry, in your uh, pastoral ministry, whatever God has given to you, if you are not willing to excel in it, and then don't be offended when you are not accepted. Oh, when I went to the place they did not regard me, nobody really regards me, nobody respects me, yes. They wouldn't respect you because you are not desiring and you are not willing for excellence. And so by faith, you are telling yourself that God, I want to be excellent in my marriage life. I want to be ex excellent in my ministry. I want to be excellent in my gift. I want to be excellent in my profession. I want to be excellent in my financial life. And whilst we desire that, then the acceptance comes. Amen. Now to put it in a different way, to put it in a different way, excellence opens the door of acceptance. i say it again. Excellence opens the door of acceptance. The Bible says that a gift of a man makes room for himself. It means that excelling in your giftings opens the door for you to go to prominent places. And so excellence opens the door of acceptance. Acceptance does not open the door for excellence. But rather, excel, excellence opens the door for acceptance. That was what God was trying to tell Cain. Now, let's appreciate this. If you opt out of excellence, if you tell yourself that I'm going for mediocrity, I don't want anything special, I've done enough, I think I have enough people, I have enough money in my accounts, at least I can pay my bill, and so there's no need for me to uh, go further, at least my husband has not left me, and so it's fine, my wife has not left me. If you have that mentality, it means that you are opting out of excellence. And when you opt out of excellence, listen to this, you open the door of sin. When you opt out of excellence, you open the door of sin, the sin of envy, the sin of jealousy, the sin of contempt, the sin of anger into your life. And so as soon as Cain opted for or opted out of excellence, he opened another door for sin to come in. The sin of envy, envy, jealousy, contempt, and anger, it comes into your life. Now let's appreciate more. So in Genesis chapter 4 verse 7. Now mediocrity invites unwanted guests at your door. There are certain things you don't want them to come at your door. You don't want them to come close to you. Because I believe that Cain did not want sin to come close to his door. But the Bible says because he opted out of excellence, he did not walk in faith and so did not walk in excellence. The Bible says that he had a door, a visitor at the door. And that visitor was sin. Amen. So mediocrity invites unwanted guests at your door. But excellence opens the door to greatness. Excellence opens the door to greatness. Amen. And I believe that God wants us to believe in that which he has given us. It is a gift that he has given us. It is a ministry, a calling that he has given us. God has given us a gift, a role to play in his house. A means to serve the saints of God. A, a, a means to get married happily and to have children. God has given us those gifts. And God wants us to work in excellence with them. 
Amen. And so excellence opens the door to greatness, but mediocrity opens the door or brings sin to your door. Amen. Mediocrity brings sin to your door. Whilst excellence opens the door to greatness. Amen. Now let's appreciate this. That is to say that excellence is a door opener, but mediocrity is a gate crasher. I'll say it again. Excellence is a door opener. It means that when we walk in excellence and we are willing to excel, God, I believe in the gift that you are giving me. I know that you have anointed me to function in this area. I believe in this. And so I'm investing in it. I'm, I'm praying into it. I'm asking myself and, and questions that have I done enough. If you are going through that process, what it means is that it's going to open a door for you. But mediocrity is a gate crusher. You know what a gate crusher is? A gate crusher is somebody who comes to a function or a party whilst he's not invited. You just come in and crash gates. And so mediocrity tells you that I've been around for a long time, so I deserve promotion. I deserve to be recognized in church. I deserve to be uh, uh, have an increase of pay. And so you use your own way to try to bulldoze your way, trying to get elevation for yourself. But when you work in excellence, it opens the door for promotion for you. It opens the door for elevation for you. It opens the door for excellence for you. It opens the door for greatness for you. But when you work in mediocrity, as Cain did in Genesis chapter 4 verse 7, then you become a gate crusher. You find yourselves in places where you are not welcome. You find yourself, you try to bring yourself into a place where God has not put you. Because you are not ready to sacrifice and work in excellence. And so you have to bulldoze your way into the places that you want to be. Amen. Now let's appreciate this. God actually gave Cain an advice. Giving him a chance and an opportunity to work in excellence. Even though he blew the first one. Now let's go back to the scripture again. The Genesis 4 verse 7. It says there's sin at your door. God is giving him an indication that there's something that he has to overcome. There's sin at your door desiring to have you, but you have to master over it. You have to overcome it because sin wants to overcome you, but you have to master over it. Amen. That's what it means. Exercising mastery over your emotions and the sin that easily besets you is required for excellence. i say it again. Exercising mastery over your emotions and the sins that easily besets you is a way to excellence. And so God says that, deal with your anger, Cain, and there's sin at your door. There's a tendency for you to just go off. But the sad news is that Cain did not hearken to the instruction of God. The warning of God, he did completely opposite. For some of us, we hear the word of God, and the next thing we do is opposite. But I pray that we will not do that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's appreciate this. It says, so exercising mastery over your emotions will set you on the road to excellence. This will enable you to walk in excellence. Amen. Now, let's appreciate this. Sin, what sin does is that sin contaminates excellence. It makes people find fault with what you are doing. Even though you are not doing so bad, but because of the element of sin in your life, it contaminates your excellence. And so we should be careful about that. And so God was telling Cain, be careful about sin because I know 
that you can come around, you can repent, you can change and make use of another opportunity. You could have said, God, then if that is the case, then I'm going to give you another sacrifice. But instead, he chose to be angry. He chose not to exercise mastery over his negative emotions and was just caught up in sin uh, whilst it waits at his door. Amen. Now, let's get this. Sin and negative emotions introduces defects and corruptness in our excellence. i say that again. Sin and negative emotions. Emotions are great things. God put emotions in us. The Bible says that uh, uh, love the Lord that God with all your heart, with all your soul. The components that you are talking about are the components that uh, we, we have our emotions resident in. And so emotions are good, but negative emotions are dangerous. They can bring defects and corruption in your excellence. Some of us, we are so emotional. The slightest thing we are offended, we are off. The slightest things we begin to cry. The slightest things we begin to be angry. This is a contamination to your walk into excellence. And so God told Cain that I want you to walk in excellence. But for you to walk in excellence, I want you to be on guard against sin. Because sin stays at your door and is knocking, wanting to come in. Amen. Amen. So we finished with three uh, scriptures so far. We're going to go to our fourth scripture and see where God takes us. I believe that God is teaching us his word. Remember, we are talking on the theme, faith is the key to excellence. It says, by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. Hebrews 11 verse 4. Amen. Now we're going to Romans chapter 14 verse 23. Romans chapter 14, verse 23. I read the King James Version. It says this. And he that doubteth is damned if he eats, because he eats not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Okay. Now let's appreciate this word. Now this scripture was talking about... um, in a contest of causing offenses by the things you eat and drink in, in the church. And that was what the, the scripture was all about. That's the contest of the scripture. But let's appreciate this. It says that when you walk in doubt, you bring damnation and negative emotions on yourself. So I believe that what was going through the heart of Cain was whether he had a chance to do it right again. Or whether he really had a chance to believe God, to have believed God in the first instance. So it says doubt brings about damnation and negative emotions. So doubt in God, doubt in the ability that he has given unto you, doubt in the convictions that he has given unto you. You believe that God has given me this gift. I believe that God has given me the ability to function well. I believe that God has given me the strength to do well in life, my financial life, my ministry, my gifting, my family life, every aspect of my life. I believe in that. And I believe in the conviction that is given me, the confidence that he has placed in my heart. Because the Bible says that we should not cast away our confidence because it has a great recompense of reward. And so doubt brings you to a place of negative emotions. You are doubting the ability of God. You are doubting what God has given unto you. You are doubting the convictions that you are getting. And when you do that, What it means is that you are opening the door for sin to prevail. Amen. So let's appreciate this. Very soon we're going to... I've not seen any comments or 
any questions coming through if you have any questions you can send it through uh, we got at least um, eight minutes to the end I'm just going to raise a couple of points and then we continue next week amen Cain could not give an excellent sacrifice and sin waited at his door he could not give an excellent sacrifice and because of that sin waited at his door and it was so because he did not give out of faith We've established it from the beginning. It wasn't because he gave crops and the brother gave an animal. That wasn't the point. He did not give out of faith. And because he did not give out of faith, his sacrifice was not excellent and sin came at the door. Amen. And so negative and sinful emotions aroused, became aroused in him because of the lack of faith. That was the point. He did not have any faith. And so he did not give an excellent sacrifice. And because of the lack of faith, now sin showed up. Because the Bible says that whatsoever that is done outside faith is sin. And so faith, uh, sin showed up at his door. Amen. Now let's take note of this and then we pray. Whatsoever that is not of faith is sin. And sin contaminates excellence. i say it again. Whatsoever that is not done with faith, it's sin. And sin contaminates your excellence. Know that faith is needed for excellence. I want you to note that faith is needed for excellence. Believing in that which God has given you, believing in God, trusting God, and trusting the convictions and the leadership that is given you. Concerning your life, concerning your children, trust in that, pray into it, believe. And as you begin to believe, then you see elements of excellence showing up in your life. Amen. Are there any questions? Any questions, you can send it over. Any questions? If there are no any questions, we're just going to do a quick recap. Today we were talking about faith is the key to excellence. And our key scripture was Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. It says, by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. And that's what we built on gradually through um, the, 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 the session. And we talked about uh, the, 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 the hindrances to uh, sacrifice, um, the hindrances to excellence. And we talked about one of the catalysts for excellence, which is faith. We saw that in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. And then going back to the original contest uh, scripture in Genesis chapter 4 verse 7. We established the fact that it is very important for us to be asking ourselves. Have we done well? Have we done well? Because it is excellence that has to come. Uh, it, excellence has to come before acceptance. Amen. And so we talked about um, our opting out of excellence and opening the door of sin and um, into our lives and um, excellence being a door opener and mediocrity as a gate crusher we said that and God wants us to exercise mastery over our emotions and the sins that easily besets us because by so doing excellence is enabled in us remember that sin contaminates excellence and sin and negative emotions introduce defects and corruption in our excellence amen may we close our eyes and pray Father God, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. We thank you for what you have taught us today. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that we'll be able to walk in faith and then allow excellence in our lives. We give you.